this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. I'm glad to see you out here on this Wednesday night. I'm ready to go. If you got your Bible, turn with me to Genesis chapter 25. Genesis 25. Now, I'm going to try to end tonight on this. We've been talking about love not the world. And the main text was uh, 1 John 2, verses 15, 16, 17. But I, I can't put my trust or my confidence in this present world or the things of this world. Why? Well, 1 John two seventeen said, The things of this world and this world are passing away. Now, if I continue to invest everything I got in this world and the things of my, in the world, guess what I'm doing? I'm investing in something that is ultimately passing away. You're not going to take it with you, okay? And so when you look at this right here, God's saying, begin to serve me, begin to seek me, begin to look at me. Now, are you in, in pursuit of immediate pleasure? Do you live for the moment? Because if you do, it's a pretty good sign that the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes have a grip on you. They got their claws in you. But I believe this with all my heart, that patience and self-control unlock the key to blessings. Patience and self-control. Now, a Proverbs I want to give you, just write this down. Proverbs 21.5 says, Anyone who's hasty or impatient, surely he'll come to want, or he'll, surely he'll come to need. So when I'm hasty, when I think, man, i got to have it, i got to have it, i got to have it, it won't sustain you, okay? The only things that will sustain us are the things of God. Now, this is the, the last night, like I said, this is going to really bless you, okay? This is going to help you. Genesis chapter uh, 25. Look with me starting in verse 19. It says, this is the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah's wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padanaram, the sister of Laban the Syrian. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children, and notice what that says, but the children struggled together within her, and she said, if all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. Now, that's awesome right there, guys. When you've got issues in your own life, you can go and inquire of the Lord just like she did. Something happens when we take time to get alone with God and inquire of the Lord. So she goes and inquires of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, There are two nations in your womb. Two people shall be your separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Now, this is what the Lord said to her. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red, and he was like a hairy garment all over, so they called his name Esau. Now, the name Esau literally meant hairy. Now, this has nothing to do with what I'm talking on, but if you're a hairy individual, you are probably a descendant of Esau, okay? You can blame Esau, all right? That's where that came from. Keep reading. Now, afterwards, his brother came out, and his hand took of Esau's hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. 
One translation says his name was Jacob, which meant supplanter, or that he was a, a manipulator. Whew, I'm telling you, it's not good, either one of those right there. He was deceitful. So he called his name Jacob, and Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. So the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, but Jacob was a mild man, a stable man or a solid man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now, Esau was the oldest, guys. And when we would describe Esau right now, we would say that he was, he was a man's man. Jacob, however, would be called, probably termed in modern day, he was a mama's boy. Now, when we talk about Esau here in this, in Jewish customs, the oldest, just because of birthright, for no other reason but for birthright, he was to be given a double portion of the inheritance over and above his siblings. Just because of birthright. And not only that, that he was given great advantages throughout life. Okay? Keep reading, verse 29. Now Jacob cooked a stew... And Esau came in the field, and he was weary. He was famished. He was spent. He was wore out. He was hungry is what this means. Verse 30. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with some of the red stew, for I am weary. He's saying, I, I have to have some of that red stew right now. I'm hungry. My, my appetite is crazy. I need some of this food right now. But look what happens next. Therefore, his name was called Edom. Now, if you go back and look, he was red. Well, the word Edom means red also. Now, if you're ever reading your Bible and you come across a group of people in the Old Testament called the Edomites, this is who they were descendants of. And these became some of Israel's fierce opposition right here. This is where this comes from, from this guy right here. That's who the Edomites are. Keep reading with me. Verse 31. But Jacob says, Sell me your birthright. Sell me this birthright. And so you look at this, and it, and it kind of seems like, well, this is just a little basic conflict. And it's over a meal. It's over a physical appetite. Until you read this part. And when Jacob said, Sell me your birthright. And guys, in Jewish custom, this was legal. The older brother could sell his, his birthright to the younger one. But this wasn't just a basic conflict. When, when Jacob says, sell me your birthright, ultimately he's saying, it's now about an eternal blessing. It's more than just this thing called food. It's a choice that would affect him for the rest of his life. Just something as small as this. Keep reading. Verse 32. And Esau said, look, I'm about to die. Now, that's almost comical to me. Almost comical to every one of us because we've probably said that before. I'm about to die. I am starving to death. Most Americans don't understand that term. But when I look how he said it, it makes me wonder, was old Esau, was he the drama king? 
Was he having just a, a food moment? But even more could it be this, that he was a spoiled, entitled little brat that was used to always getting his way because he was the oldest. All this made me wonder this. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care who we are in this room, none of us do our children a favor by handing them life on a platter. Giving them everything they want. You know what that creates? It creates two things. The mentality, I want to have it right now. And the mentality of entitlement. You owe me. You owe me. You know the bottom line? I don't owe you nothing. But if we're not careful, and I'm going to tell you, because I'm not saying don't be good to your children. But I do believe it's important where children learn the, the value of work. The value of of being patient. I mean, there's so many in our society right now, they want what their parents have right now. It doesn't work that way. But what happens is just like this, when we begin to live this way and we raise our children where you can have it now. So he says, sell me your birthright as this day. And Esau looked and said, I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Now, this was Esau's response. So what is my birthright to me? Are you kidding me? Now, when he says this, this passage right here is cross-referenced into Matthew 16, 26. You know what Matthew 16, 26 says? You can gain the whole world, but lose your soul with one choice. Something as insignificant as food. This just shows me once again how easy we can be dominated by things of this world. So verse 33, we pick back up. Then Jacob said, swear to me of this day. Give me an oath. So guess what? Jacob knows I got the upper hand. I got him right where he wants him. So ultimately, you know what Jacob's saying? It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. And so he said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and he sold his birthright to Jacob, the worst decision of Esau's life. He trades the ultimate, the blessing, his birthright, for the immediate, a bowl of stew. Now you know what this goes back to me? It's very clear that this is the lust of his flesh. He is dominated by the immediate, the right now. I've got to have it right now. And he did not live with any thought of the future. There was no thought of the consequences of this. It's all interesting to me, this whole passage right here. Verse 34. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and he drank. Now, if you've been here for the last couple months, how many times have we seen this phrase over and over about eating and drinking? It's all through the Bible. Actually, one of the the main scriptures we use is Romans 14, 17, and it says the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so right here, we get back over, and it says he ate, he drank, he rose, and has went his way, and that's it. 
He was satisfied just for the moment, guys. Guess what happened the next day? He had to eat again. Now, when I read this, it's almost absurd to me to sit here and think, who in their right mind would trade something so valuable for something so temporary? You want me to answer that question? Me and you. We do it every day of our lives. How many things do we do because of the lust of our flesh and the lust of our eyes? It's temporary. Until you go back in the Bible and you look. Generation after generation after generation has done this. Now, we don't like to call it the lust of the flesh or the lust of eyes, but really, you know what the bottom line is? We are controlled by our flesh. Now, in saying that, every one of us in here, we got weaknesses. Something's probably trying to grip your flesh tonight. It dominates you. And ultimately, guess what happened? It's a short-term decision with long-term consequences. Now, anytime you read this passage that we just did, if you cross-reference, it goes in many places. But over and over in that passage I just read, this same passage shows up in the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 12. I want to take you to Hebrews chapter 12, and I want you to see what it says about this. Now, as I read this, we all live for the now. We live for the moment. Think about some of the things that we've probably done for our fleshly appetites right now. We'll steal for things. We'll lie for things. We'll cheat for things. How many of us have spent money that we didn't have because we wanted it right now? i got to have it. How many of us date people for the right now, even though we know God told us not to? I mean, see, it's very easy when we start looking at all the slants of the way that we're pulled by the appetites of our flesh. I believe in reading, studying all this the last weeks, God's saying, why don't you just slow down? Why don't you just be patient and even more so, begin to think about what you're doing before you do it? Now, as you're turning to Hebrews 12, you may already be there. This is another amazing passage in the Bible to me that shows another human being that fell because of food. It's amazing how many people in the Bible get caught up in food. That's what got Adam and Eve. That's what got her was food. But you can go back over and over. But the kingdom of God's not in eating and drinking. Now, here's where this surfaces in Hebrews 12, verse 16. It starts out and says, Least there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau. Now, the word profane there itself means godless. It means literally godless. Okay? And so, he was godless person like Esau. For one morsel of food, he sold his birthright. Now, he was profane in that he had a careless attitude for the inheritance that he was supposed to get. It was like, I'd care less. That doesn't mean anything to me. But yet it was to be a blessing in his life. And so that's where he became profane at, right there. That part alone. And then he goes on to say, For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing... He was rejected, for he now found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. 
Now, when I read this, guys, this is a warning for every one of us in this room. Don't give away kingdom blessings. Don't give away kingdom promises to satisfy ourselves for the temporary. Can, can you pull that up on the message translation? Can you get that? Would you, would you pull that up there? I want you to see what this says in the message. Verse 16, it says, Lisa, No, 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 the message. There it is. Watch out for the Esau syndrome. Now, I love that this is what he called the Esau syndrome. Trading away God's lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. Now, how many of us have done that? Every one of us. Go ahead and pull the next verse up, if you would, please. You well know how Esau later regretted that impulsive act and wanted God's blessing, but by then it was too late. Tears or no tears. Now, if you'll note there something, the impulsive act. You know what that shows me? He was dominated by his flesh. Same with every one of us, guys. I can't allow myself to be dominated by my flesh. How does this look? Well, go with me to Galatians chapter 5. I want you to see here. Galatians chapter 5. As you're turning there, let me ask you, what areas of my life do I allow these out-of-control fleshly appetites to dominate me or overwhelm me? See, I'm, if I'm not careful, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trade my own birthright for a bowl of stew. I look, and you know what this is all called? I settle for the moment. Have I settled for them? Absolutely, I've settled for the moment. And man, I hate to look at those things. But I believe even in this right now, there's times the Lord are saying, slow down, listen to me. Be careful what happens with one decision. I can take you back over and over. What happened with one decision with Eve? What happened with one decision with King David when he was on the roof and the lust of his eyes got him with Bathsheba? What happened with Esau with just one impulsive act? So here's what goes on, guys. Galatians 5, verse 16. I say then, walk, and that word walk is a verb. It means steady progression. Steady. I say then, walk in the Spirit. Now when you read this, he's talking about the Holy Spirit will try to empower and monitor us. The Holy Spirit will try to lead us into practical godliness. So he says, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts, the appetites, the cravings, the desires of your flesh. Now the flesh and the Spirit, guys, are diametrically opposed to each other. They're just totally opposite. Now look what he goes on to say in the next verse about this. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. So guess what's going on within every one of us? As human beings, there's a tug of war going on. And your flesh is pulling you over here and, and the spirit of God is pulling you over here. The flesh is saying, go ahead and indulge. The Holy Spirit is saying, I'm going to try to help you to constrain yourself. Now, what I found out in life, guys, is I can't do it all on my own. You can't do it on your own abilities. You've got to have the Holy Spirit help you. I will say this, however, if we had time, I'd take you into Romans chapter 7. 
The Apostle Paul talked about the things I want to do, that's not what I do. But what I hate to do, that's what I do. He says in that passage over and over, that's Romans 7, uh, I think verses 14 through 21. He says in there, what I will to do. Every one of us in this room, guys, we have a will. You know what my will is? My choices, my desires. I'll never overcome anything if I don't want to. If I don't have the will to, the want to, the umph behind it, and then when you have the desire to say, okay, I don't want this to happen anymore in my life, the Holy Spirit will come in. And he'll be, he'll be there to help you constrain you and say, don't go that way. Let me give you a little bit, of, a bit of, real quick, a law of physics. This will show you how smart I am. The, the law of physics says that anything in motion will cause friction. Anything. Similarly, or similar with the, the, the things of the spiritual realm, when you begin to live or pursue to be godly, there's going to be friction. And you know where the friction comes from? From your flesh. When you start confronting your flesh, there's going to be friction. And if you've never experienced it, you will. Your flesh will begin to pout. It will begin to whine. It will be like a little baby at Walmart. What do you hear at Walmart every time you go in there? I want that. I want that. That's exactly what your flesh will do. So there's friction going to be there. How do I get past this? I believe this, guys. Number one, you've got to have that want to. Well, you know, I don't want to drink anymore. I, I've been saying that for 20 years, but you know what? I just keep on drinking. You know why you keep on drinking? Because you like it. You know what? Yeah. Let me tell you right now. Part of the issue is we've got to get in our, in our lives where we hate these things. If you don't hate it, guys, I'm going to tell you it's going to keep dominating you. Number two is what we're talking about right here. Now keep reading with me in verse 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. So when I read this, i got to start looking to the Holy Spirit. He will bring a discipline in me. He'll root me in obedience. But not only that, guys, he'll begin to put a, a conviction in my heart and in my judgments. It'll be like a warning sign within you. And if you'll really get serious about this, the Holy Spirit will put a check in you. He'll stop you. And you know what it'll be? When the Holy Spirit leads us by our heart, he'll lead us with peace. And it's what I call red light and green light. When you're getting ready to do something that will violate your conscience and the Holy Spirit in you, He'll put a yuck within you. He'll put something in you and you'll sense and you'll think, Oh my gosh, listen guys, that's not a result of eating wrong, bad pizza that night. Okay? That's the Holy Spirit. That's one of the ways He'll try to warn you. i tell you, if you've ever bought a car and you get a yuck about it, don't buy it. Don't do it. Many of you have heard stories in my own life. Whether it's buying homes, whether it's buying cars, I'll ask the Holy Spirit. But not only that, even in this area where I've been dominated by my flesh. But oh, when I get around the Holy Spirit and there's a peace, it's like a green light. It's just a, a, a real sweet spirit. That's the way the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. I believe it's very important that we start training our spirit. 
How does that happen, man? You start spending time with him and you invite him and say, I need help today. Lead me and guide me. Because guess what, guys? If I don't, that tug-of-war match is going on. How many of you have ever watched a tug-of-war match and on this side is a bunch of kindergartners and on this side is a bunch of heavyweight MMA fighters? Guess what happens? They just yank them and they go, that's how some of us look in the natural. When our flesh starts coming around, we've yielded to it so much that it's just a pull and we're in. doesn't have to be that way. I've got to get over and start allowing the Holy Spirit where I'm not dominated. Because whether we want to admit it or not, if something as small and insignificant as a bowl of stew caused this guy's life to be that way, what about me and you's choices? I don't want to make a wrong choice. Now let me, let me end tonight with this thought right here. All through the Bible, God's name is tagged in the Old Testament with the, the patriarchs. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is going to stop you right in your tracks, okay? Just think, if Esau wouldn't have sold his birthright for a bowl of stew, it would have been the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. And when I say that, I say that to say, not, man, Esau was stupid. I say that in my own life. What have I surrendered or what have I forfeited because of the appetites of my flesh? And a lot of times, you know what we want to do? We want to blame God. We want to get mad at God and say, what's going on with this and that? When in reality, it's a result of my choices. And it's very difficult for us as human beings to look in the mirror and say, there's the problem right there. It's a lot easier to blame the devil or demons, but really the real demon a lot of times is me and you. We look at him in the mirror every day. I don't want to shortchange myself, but even more so the blessings of God. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.